you give godlike powers to everyone, it's going to be chaos. Imagine a soldier the size of an insect. The ultimate secret weapon. Scott, you're different. Be skillful, agile, fast. I've been watching you for a while. The suit has power. And these are your greatest allies. Are you ready to become the hero? It's a suit. What? It's an old motorcycle suit. There's no cash, no jewelry, nothing? No. It's a bust. I'm really sorry, Scotty. I know you needed a scorer. You punch too hard, you kill someone too soft, it's a love tap. You have to learn how to control it. Show me. Terrible. You wanna show me how to punch? Show me. That's how you punch. You tried to hide your suit from me. Now, it's gonna blow up in your face. My days of breaking into places and stealing stuff are over. What do you want me to do? I want you to break into a place and steal some stuff. I need you to be the end man. You're just a thief! No. I'm Ant-Man. Hi. Why am I starting this? We'll go with the Virgin first. We have, uh... Hi. Why am I starting this? I have no control over this. I'm not, like, the ringleader of this mess. So, someone else go. Introduce yourselves. We'll go with the Virgin first. We have uh, a new person, a new voice on um, Two True Freaks tonight, and that is Mr. Kyle Benning, correct? Yeah, hey, thanks for having me aboard. Happy to make my uh, Two True Freaks uh, debut here. Also joined with, uh, we were just talking, I used to do some of these with Mr. Christopher Warden, who's with us this evening. Hey, how's it going? It's kind of my fault, because I kind of asked what was, gonna, what was going on with the round table, if somebody was doing something with it, and... Um, and kind of got put forward, well, why don't you just ask around? And, and that's kind of how we got here. Yeah, well, that's what, always how we get here, really. And you've always been diligent. We've done a lot of them together, actually, Chris, I think. At least three or four, I would think. Um, back mostly last summer, we did, like, the Wolverine, I think you said, was the last one. But, uh, yeah, they were fun, you know, getting people from other shows and listeners and just shooting the shit about a movie, which maybe we should get to that, because other than the graphic, you don't know what the hell we're talking about yet. But we're reviewing Ant-Man, the new Marvel Studios movie. Just came out, uh, well, be several weeks by the time this gets on the air. But, uh, yep, it's uh, this is the end of Phase 2, right? And the next Captain America's Phase 3, or was this the beginning of Phase 3? No, you're right. This was the end of Phase 2, and uh, Cap 3's uh, Civil War is supposed to be leading into 3. Okay, yeah, a little fuzzy on that. But uh, obviously it continues. I, I'm... I guess I'm starting with the five-minute review thing because I apparently have too much coffee in me. So, or just the right amount of coffee, in my opinion. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's a fun ride, and it's probably one of the funny, definitely one of the funnier Marvel movies, but still got, a, you know, got some heavy themes that always still the good balance of, you know, some, some big dramatic stakes, not quite as big as... You know, some of the other the Avengers movies and stuff, but uh, definitely big stakes and a lot of, you know, just chock full of Marvel Easter eggs out the Yazoo, as always. And it's really solid performances um, from the actors. And I was a little, you know, 
I was kind of like meh when they cast Paul Rudd. He's a good comedic actor, but he shows some good dramatic chops in this too. So that's that's awesome. I'd say another win for Marvel. It's you know not exactly burning up the box office, but I mean it's definitely will make its money back plus, and especially once it hits overseas. But so you know uh, another risky one too, like uh, Guardians was, but I, I think they pull it off nicely despite some of the problems. The production has had that I'm sure we'll get into later, but uh, I'll go a thumbs up, you know, or you know, giant ant up, whatever, uh, on this one. <laughs> no wit tonight, guys. So you're gonna have to help me out. We <laughs> clip that one right out of there. I'm Next, not here to be funny. <laughs> go to my left uh, on the screen here. <laughs> yeah. When I try, it never works. Sometimes it accidentally happens. Uh, my left here on my screen is Mr. Christopher Warden, and we'll get your thoughts about it, man. Well, this is um, another good Marvel movie. Uh, I'm not a huge Ant-Man fan. I'm not a hater. It, I I like the character. Um, uh, Scott Lang. Uh, I was kind of glad they kind of went with the newer guy, I guess. But he's not really the newer guy anymore. There's other Ant-Mans. But... The way they went with it, you know, they didn't go with uh, um, with Hank Prim, and it kind of really avoided the issue that the stigma he has in the comic books nowadays. Which but is, the movie, yeah. sorry, no, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I want to rant on that later. But. Right? No. So um, uh, again, this was another good movie, uh, good family uh, movie provided by Marvel. Uh, my wife was kind enough to let us choose that since it was her birthday weekend, but my wife enjoys all the superhero movies anyways. Um, so a little more comedic than I thought it was going to be. Um, I did stay away from a lot of the uh, info about it. Um, I knew all the all the big overarching things that it was going to be Scott Lang as the Ant-Man. Uh, Hank Prem was going to be his mentor and played by Kirk Douglas. Um, uh, Michael. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, sorry. Uh, Kirk, I was thinking Kirk. of the dad. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I knew it was going to be um, an uh, origin film. I think they did it quite well. It wasn't too bad with the trying to force anything. Everything kind of really went right along. It flowed well. We enjoyed it overall. Uh, some of it was a little bit predictable, being the comic book nerd I am. You know, yeah. that's the hazard of all these movies is all of us, we go in with an idea of, you know, we have an idea what the stories are. And yeah. they come up with some few surprises for us, and they did. So, so my whole family, big thumbs up. Sweet, sweet. Kyle, you're up, man. All right. I absolutely love that one. Uh, my wife and actually... My wife and I actually just went and saw it this afternoon, caught a matinee showing, and uh, we both really dug it. She's a pretty big uh, Paul Rudd fan, so uh, he was did not disappoint. He was pretty uh, funny, which you had to anticipate going in. He's a comedic actor, and I thought he fit the, the role really well. Kind of to touch on what uh, Chris had said, that um, kind of it seemed like to... They, they handled Hank Pym really well. Uh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. The, the majority of the audience has no idea of the Han the uh, Hank Pym wife beater stigma. So yeah. it was nice that they just stuck completely away from that. And I 
think they actually did a really good job of hopefully redefining and refining that character's image with the future going forward. Uh, I'm hoping with the success of this movie that he will finally be able to overcome that stigma that really is kind of cemented in since the ultimate uh, treatment of Hank Pym. Uh, as far as oh, how the movie was handled, what was that? I didn't know they did that in the Ultimates. I, I That's yet. really where it amped up, I think. Oh, it's kind of come back around. Yeah, that sucks because I, I thought it was still all based on the uh, the old eighties. Yeah, instead. Avengers two hundred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, but, continue. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what what I what I really liked about it is, I mean, Hank Pym or and Scott Lang. Ant-Man, really kind of an out there character. I mean, not even he's not even a character that has sustained his own long-running feature or series for any length of time ever in his comic publishing yeah. history. So obviously quite a gamble. And I think, I haven't looked at the box office numbers here after the second weekend, but you know, it opened with opening weekend in the U.S. only. We talked about this earlier in the week, uh, McGregor, that uh, it covered its you know, budget. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's still got to be a, a financial success for Marvel yeah. on that front. And, and they can uh, afford to lose one if they have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they and still so, have. And so the fact that they can, you know, get that type of turnaround, a, a little softer opening, but still success out of a character that hasn't been able to sustain his own comic series, I think is a, a big win. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think that shows some smart foresight uh, by Marvel because, uh, one thing you got to be a little bit worried about is when is this all going to bust? And I think Marvel especially has done a good enough job with diversifying the characters and the properties they adapt. I mean, it was it was a typical origin story in a movie, but uh, you have that with a, a character that's unlike anything we've seen, you know, in the movie. So I I never thought it was slow. I was totally engrossed in the movie pretty much yeah. from ten minutes on. Um, and I was never taken out of the movie after that point and you just kind of eat it up because even though it's kind of a slow origin building towards this conflict at the end, the, the training sequences are action packed and you're seeing a, a different type of hero kind of face different challenges as he's learning going along. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'd give it two ant and ten eye up. There you go. Man, it's quicker witted than I am, folks. Easy. Um, yeah, and as far as it being connected with the rest of the movie universe, I mean, now we have, you know, and for those of you who may not know, I guess there could be someone out there. Um, I figure if you go to see a movie called Ant Man and you're a comic fan, that's pretty much why you're going, because um, you know Ant Man. But I was not happy with them not doing the Hank Pym story either. Um, but I think they've created a good spot for him. And it nestled itself. It was one of the more standalone Marvel movies, I think, because it was kind of a nice little heist film instead of, you know, this thing that's building. You know, there were no Infinity Stones in this. There were some hints towards other weird stuff, apparently dealing with Doctor Strange and, well, Micronauts. But no, they probably can't do that yet. Uh <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, now we have an older Hank Pym in the Marvel Universe, which is kind of weird because he was obviously a founding member of the Avengers, and they, you know, intimated that he was flying around as Ant-Man and Wasp back in the day, and they threw Peggy Carter in there, and uh, with really no explanation, but if you've been following the movies, you know who she is, so, and Howard Stark again, kind of the Iron Man 2 Howard Stark, anyway, Yeah. so that was pretty neat. 
pretty neat opening on the movie. I, I like their little you know Easter eggs right in the beginning there. And, yeah. it's, and tell you what, man, the the, the de aging on uh, Michael Douglas was pretty fucking good. He looked like he looked in Wall Street. I mean, yeah, he looked fantastic. There. It was a nice <laughs> it was touch. Like, I think they basically did that. I think they took him from Wall Street and just digitally put him in there. <laughs> it was pretty I mean, fantastic. And Marvel's been X Men tried it, you know, with the uh, Picard and Picard. Uh, it's, what's his name? I don't even remember. Patrick Stewart, Stewart and Ian McKellen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Ian McKellen in X Men 3 a few years back. And I don't think it went well. I, I was not a fan of that one. But ever since even the first uh, Captain America movie, man, they've proven themselves to be quite the digital artists as far as uh, they know how to use their technology. Well, and, crazy uh, to think about. X3 was nine years ago already. Yeah, wow. All right. I could go on forever. I, I really kind of like this one, and I really enjoyed it the second time. I, I'd really like to go back and watch it a second time and just try to soak in and digest all the, the Easter eggs and homages that are hidden in there. Like I said, the you know after about 10 minutes in or so, I was so totally engrossed that I wasn't even looking for those or didn't notice any. Really, the, kind of the last one I noticed was he gets out of prison and he walks into the Milgram Hotel. Yeah. And after that, I was so wrapped up in the movie that I'd, none other ones really uh, stuck out at me too much. Well, what was nice is that it was kind of different powers than we get to see in oh, yeah. in the Marvel Universe. I mean, it's kind oh, of yeah. like, you know, now I'm with the Avengers, you've got like five guys that shoot stuff out of their hands, you know, or lightning. Uh, or throw a hammer. We got arrow guy and uh, and several kick-ass, you know, martial arts people, and so you get to see all those all the time in every Marvel movie. But this one was kind of, uh, yeah, very neat how they it bordered on. I, it took me a lot of getting used to because my mind kept jumping back to shit like, honey, I shrunk the kids, you know. But they had a couple shots in there too, like the one where a rat, you know, he comes upon a rat as he's small. And uh, that, like, that was totally, you know, the incredible shrinking man to me back in, you know, old school sci-fi when they did that shit. That was right. Uh, there was some, de- some definite nods. I'm surprised there wasn't a giant spider in it because there were some different nods to it. Um, the ants were maybe they got to work on the CGI on those a little bit, but that's probably about the. That those are pretty neat too, and someone else talked now. Does he always talk so much? <laughs> well, I, I thought, yeah, I was looking for our, for all the Easter eggs also. It was great to see Peggy Carter because my whole family lit up because we, we really enjoyed uh, Peggy Carter, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. so they got that in there. Um, I really like the fact that because I, from what I gather, most people were thinking that Hank Prem wasn't going to be shown as being Ant-Man at all, just yeah. as kind of being so i like the fact that they did um key back to yes he was ant-man but all happened you know uh working in secret for the military and whatnot so he wasn't a big splash but he was ant-man so that was really cool i agree Um, and i I think the way they handled that was really well also with the wasp in there and i think that leaves the door open for them if they ever wanted to go back and maybe kind of do a miniseries uh the same in the same vein that they did the the agent carter miniseries yeah i would well, think I mean, they, they, they have that door open now up. where we could have a adventures of ant-man and wasp set during the cold war which would be really neat kind of spy thriller i think 
a lot of potential there. It's almost there. a shame they didn't recast. I mean, they didn't have a different actor for a younger Ant-Man because they could have left the door open to have anyone come in and play fucking Ant-Man in season three of Peggy Carter or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, he was obviously, like, working under her and Stark um, at the time. It's a little shame we didn't get anything but, like, a CG rendering of Wasp. You know, we don't even, in a picture, I think. Didn't we see a picture on a, a yep. shelf or something? But I, I guess they haven't really cast. They probably didn't really cast the deceased Janet Van Dyne. So. No, they didn't. But, you know, it was more than I thought we were going to get. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I didn't expect any of that, but I did. Um, well, I'm glad they didn't just go. Yeah. Uh, Hope's mom left her because I beat her up several years ago. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm glad they didn't go there. So yeah, they told, they totally dodged the white beaters bullshit. I don't want to go towards the end yet. So I want to talk about in the middle. Um, the CGI was great. Uh, it, the scenes that they did with the big fight, uh, with everything shrinking, going up and going down. It yeah. was just spectacular to me. I mean, it just really blew my mind. that. And, and what was even more, um, like a lot of people talk about how they do that uh, cut fighting scene stuff. You can't tell what was going on. You could follow everything. Yeah. Everything yeah. jumping from one size to another, up and down, all the way around. We could follow it all through. So that was really good. Yeah, yeah I totally action. agree. They had a, a zoomed out view of the action enough that we didn't put cinches away, shaky cam. It, it was, it really, it really kind of reminded me of a, a fight scene with a panel breakdown inside a comic book, how it flowed. It, yeah. You just kind of follow the action side to side, up and down, like you said. And it was almost like looking at a, you know, a fight scene laid out in a comic panel in front of you. It was very well done. Very well choreographed. There's always an Ant-Man fan of his powers, and you know, I, I almost don't like that they kept kind of making self-deprecating jokes about the name and shit. You know, you're in a universe that has Captain America and Iron Man and fucking Falcon, and yeah, but it was kind of nice that they played off on that and be like, "You're Falcon, I'm Ant-Man." You know, who fuck cares? We're all silly superheroes in this world. And that's that, was a, that was a great fight scene between them and a very nice organic top expected that go into that oh. abandoned stark building and hey that's the that's the building from the end of avengers 2 and runs into the falcon and that was just such a sweet fight scene and a great crossover between the two movies yeah did, did either one of you guys expect him to be tussling with the avenger i did not know that i didn't totally, <laughs> no, I didn't totally blew me away and total surprise yeah it was sweet well and the best is what you know it's going all the way around at the end he's like nobody tell cap because yeah. <laughs> he got his ass kicked by Ant-Man you know really and yeah the name yeah Ant-Man really think about it Ant-Man you know Iron Man you know there's there's mm, to that Ant-Man really Hawkeye Black right. you know, <laughs> Daredevil but I, th I thought Go throughout ahead. I mean the movie was really humorous tone wise or you know uh Multiple shows have talked about this, but I want to say it was a recent Back to the Bends. It might have been the, the Back to the Bends that was part of the, the two-part crossover, you know, with Third Degree Burn there. They are talking about how they were looking forward to this movie because every Marvel superhero movie kind of seemed to be its own genre. I totally agree with that here. This was just totally – it's essentially Ocean's Eleven yeah. with superhero added in. It's kind of that comedy heist type movie. 
Yeah. Kind of like a, a dirty rotten scoundrels uh, with superheroes, which was a great feel. Um, there were some definitely heavier uh, emotional moments. Uh, well, they had the I mean, daughter the, the, in there. I mean, I don't, I know fuck all about the Scott Lang and man. Um, but I understand, like in the comics, isn't it? His daughter's sick, isn't that why? He basically, yeah, kind of steals it yep. at first. They didn't play that up in this, which was probably a good call. You know, you don't want to bump people out too much, but um, would have made it a little more effective. Instead of, I think they didn't need to go there. Stuff. I, I no. think they 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 didn't have to push. Like how much how much more do you need to put pile on him for reasons to do it? I think they did it fine with saying that uh, he just needed it to pay his child support or whatever to be able to see her. That was enough motivation for him. Yeah, no, it, I think all that needed to come through was that the what motivates his actions is his care for his daughter, whether that's she's sick or it's just to stay on the outside and be able to support himself to a point that he can have her in his life. And so Spider-Man three did it not too long ago too. So that's probably a good call. Yep. So, uh, Oh, I, I wanted to check on that. Was hope Gwen Stacy from Spider-Man three? No, no. Um, hope is, uh, (laughs) yeah, she's, uh, Evangeline, um, Lily. Lily. Oh, Okay. Kate from Lost, and she was the unnecessary female elf in the Hobbit films. Didn't ever watch Lost, so I couldn't tell with her ridiculous haircut, which was probably the most ridiculous part of the movie. Um, no, yeah. no, it's not. It's a callback. I'm not sure what they were going for there, but that's a callback. It's a straight callback to, to Jan's uh, hair. I know to that. Jan's haircut. Yes, yeah, I know that. But it, it's still, a, it looked goofy translated 20%. on screen. <laughs> Right. Well, I'm just saying it was a straight callback. <laughs> but I did when she was um, she introduced that she was more than just uh, exact that she was an ass kicker and everything else. I leaned over to my wasp wife and I said, "I call it right now. She's going to be wasp." Oh yeah. Yeah, which was a nice touch because I, I, I think in in a Marvel universe that really doesn't have a strong super powered. Uh, female hero yet i guess in the cinematic universe obviously that's coming with a captain or a captain marvel movie but uh you know black widow's heavily outnumbered and she doesn't have any powers so wasp she was there in the beginning of the avengers it seemed you know going into the movie that they were taking jan off the table that seemed unfortunate or short-sighted but they have that base covered now with hope there at the end so uh that was a, a good move on their part well especially since i guess whedon wanted to add wasp to the first Avengers, you know, she was like in some of the original drafts. Probably both of them were. And I don't know. They were probably told by the powers that be that Edgar Wright's going to make this movie in ten years, so you got to wait. Uh, uh, what do you, you guys both uh, Edgar Wright fans? Or that was quite a dust up with this flick, and, and it, there was a lot of reason to think this film would be a freaking disaster because of it. Because yeah. Edgar Wright has been developing Ant-Man for Marvel even kind of before there was a Marvel, almost. Um, he'd been talking to Kevin Feige, Feige, whatever, um, God, uh, you know, for years about developing it. And, and then they finally greenlit it, and then he left the production, like, well into it. And it was pretty shocking to a lot of people because some, I don't know if I was really on board with wanting to see the hot fuzz, you know, Shaun of the Dead version of Ant-Man definitely would have been interesting, but maybe just tried to make it too British because 
that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> well, in a, in a lot of that too, with him being working on it so long before there was a Marvel Studios, he didn't want to. Well, how he felt shoehorn in the rest of that Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think he kind of wanted to, it to remain its own thing, which this late in the game isn't going to happen. Obviously, we're talking about no, Phase can't. Two, so uh, I, I didn't think any of the cross. Yeah, I didn't think any of the crossovers were. Uh, um, <laughs> You know, obtrusive or anything like that. I thought they were pretty natural and organic. We had the few in the beginning there, and then really the the crossover fight with Falcon was, for the most part, it. Well, and 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 they they're prepping all the kids and everything else. I don't know if uh, you guys follow the Avengers Assemble cartoon, but Ant Man's been on there. Um, Ant Man's been in uh, the Ultimate Spider Man cartoon, yeah. so he's been around. Um, they're showing that all the Marvel universes blend together in between the Ultimate Spider-Man Avengers Assembles and the uh, uh, Hulk's uh, Smash Agents of, or Hulk Agents, Agents of, of Smash. Smash. Yeah. yeah, they're all bleeding around, so it, it's getting all the kids. And like you said, this far in this far deep into the game, you have to have them leaked. You gotta have something. It doesn't have to be a huge amount, but it's gotta be something. It was almost, I don't know, if, if they didn't tie Hank Pym to people like Peggy Carter in the beginning, it would have been a little gratuitous for them to end up raiding, well, I mean, what he thought was the Howard Stark uh, warehouse. So, yeah, it made definite narrative sense. I don't think it was shoehorned at all. Um, I don't think, said, I hope the Wasp is actually going to be used instead of just like an end credit scene, but <laughs> it would have nice to... Would have been nice to see her in action in this film. I think word is is that she's in in uh, in um, Cap Three. I've read to the contrary lately. I haven't seen where she is anywhere. I know Ant Man is, but I thought the most recent thing I read is that she wasn't. Hmm. Which I don't know where the hell they put her if she was. That movie's going to be a little ridiculous. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, that really has me wondering. You know how much of the side building burst there. I don't know. I'm wondering how much of the, you know, team or side building they're going to be doing in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. leading up to that movie, you know, kind of cast the die and get much, the... There still seems to be a disconnect between the TV and the movie universes, so I don't think they can actually, other than they've set up the Inhumans spoilers, you know, like five years before an Inhumans movie is going to happen, so I don't know. They're definitely still playing the long game, but everything I've read about it because I'm a nerd with a lot of freaking time on his hands and I do that. It <laughs> said that, uh, yeah, like TV and movie will still never mix except for like after the fact. You know, that the, the TV show will deal with the movie universe but will probably not actually set up something. Well, they did. It isn't because didn't they shut up the new uh, uh, Carrier and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it showed up in Avengers uh, Age of Ultron? Oh well, that's right. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, that's yeah. totally the, the 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 TV show and the movie universe are totally linked. They are bleeding so much back after, and forth. That that episode I think actually came out after Aven- Avengers two came out though, so it was kind of retroactively setting it up. But I think no, it came no. out the week after opening weekend. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, would you rather have them tell you, hey? The reason why Coulson was running around all season doing all this stuff all over the world was setting up something to appear into the Avengers Age of Ultron 
movie. That yeah, it's just great. You, for... Do you want? Do you, do you want that spoiled? I'd rather have it not be totally surprised, which was awesome, oh, yeah. and then yeah. explained on the back half. So they explained oh, no, the reason why Coulson was running around the whole the whole year doing that. Yeah, oh, no, I, but this. I love... but, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. But it's not the first time they've set something up like this. They start right. going back, and and as soon as you saw um, in Cap with the split of Hydra and Shield with Hydra. Uh, infiltrating shield so much it goes back and shows a reason why that one is senator was such an asshole trying to get a hold of iron man's uh suit and iron man 2 and and boom 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 you know it just made you go back and look at everything go like oh yeah all oh, right no, i know i know i love it that's but i mean i'm like you chris i watch everything and this is this is where we get the danger of the bubble bursting though i think is that it's, it is getting a little too big for its own britches in a lot of ways. Uh, we're getting off topic, but, I mean, it kind of is topic because the Ant-Man is part of the whole web. But, I mean, luckily that this one was a self-contained web. But I, I worry about, like, Civil War because, for one, I can you imagine how much that's got to cost? Think of the freaking actors in that thing that they're bringing in. It's just nuts. And it's like, it starts getting too complex. I mean... You have a shit ton of people coming out for every Avengers movie, but and still a lot coming out for the others too, but not exactly as much. And it just, you know, you throw back too many references. You can't assume that your audience is always going to have seen everything. And oh yeah, no, yeah, this is true. Yeah, not everybody's seen everything. Not everybody knows everything. When um, Darren Cross made that statement of tales to astonish, when he's talking yeah, about great. things, yeah. I caught it. I knew yeah. it. Oh, My yeah. family oh, yeah. didn't know what it was. Sarah, and she was sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, I so, looked over my wife and laughed, and I said, ha, that was the comic you first appeared in. Mm-hmm. But it, it also uh, crossed there when he was trying to sell the yellow jacket suit. We did see uh, Hydra was the buyer, so they're still yeah. going away. I'm yeah. kind of glad that uh, they're kind of focusing on Hydra uh, as the, you know, other organ, super organized organization, if that makes sense, um, and not spreading themselves too thin on that one. I mean, AIM popped up in Iron Man three, and I'm yeah, kind of no, glad I'm, that they haven't popped up since then. No, we don't, we don't need all these mass it. organizations to worry about. I'm glad that Hydra is kind of the fallback yeah. or the you know the go to spy nasty organization that we see for the most part in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, no, I mean, I gotta disagree with you on that one though. Really? Uh, I miss. I, I want AIM. I want. Big fucking yellow suits. <laughs> well, I just think they handled AIM so poorly in Iron Man 3, which I think is the weakest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> movies, that I'm just fine with as few of things that came up in that movie just not showing up again. Well, you know, the reason why they, you know the reason why they're using Hydra so much? Because they're just regular bad guys, regular humans. You, they don't have to spend the uh, costs in CGI for having, you know, Absorbing Man or Molecule Man or all the other ones, you know, the all the ones that would just soak up the dollar bill. You got a bunch of guys with guns. They did Absorbing Man fucking awesome. On yes, they the did. Shield, yes, yeah, they did. Shield season two. I was like, my jaw was on the floor for that. I'm like, I'm seeing fucking Crusher Creel in action here. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I mean, they're trying to keep it down. Um, it, that's the reason why they use them. It's, it's just cheaper. 
And, yeah, and, it keeps it and they're massive. The I mean, I was just complaining about it's getting too complex. You had to throw too much more. I'm just bitter about Iron Man three in general. You know, they they shoehorned in aim and decided to go nowhere with it, and they destroyed the Mandarin, and that's another question. Yeah, that was the, that was the only movie I wasn't pleased with, and I walked out of the theater. But yeah, back to yeah. Man. Yeah, holy crap! So, back to a funny, movie that didn't let us down. Funny. So, what do you guys I think mean, of the bad guy? Uh, I thought he was well acted, man. I've never really seen that guy, but I mean, well, see, I've only seen him in a few things, and I mean, he hasn't been a villain, but he's been an a hole or a prick and everything. I thought, mm, I thought well. the for introducing new characters and not having to dive a whole bot, a lot in them, I thought they actually had made some nice casting choices and relied yeah. on some typecasting to kind of set the stage, just like the the soon-to-be stepdad of uh, Scott's daughter, you know, his ex-wife's yeah. fiance. I couldn't tell you where I've seen that guy, but every time I've seen that guy, he's been a New York cop. Yeah. yeah. This was obviously taking place in San Francisco, but you just see that guy and you go, oh, he's a cop. You don't remember really any cop. building or anything. They rely on that tight cast to that dude, mm-hmm. the instant you see him, he's already cemented in your head of that's who he is. Same with that guy, the bald uh, guy. Every time I've seen him in a movie, he's a freaking prick, and <laughs> he's a prick in this movie too. So uh, um, could use a tight casting there. Character actors, yeah. Corey Stoll is his name. Judy Greer was uh, his ex-wife, and she's always great. I, you know, I was an Arrested Development fan, so she was on that for as a crazy person for a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I know I'm supposed to know the comedic actors that were his uh, his Steven his posse. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't. But they were all. I mean, it was it got a little cartoony and slapstick, but I mean, I thought it was really well done, and it wasn't too funny. It was less funny than I thought it would be. I thought they would go kind of all in on the, the, and the, I mean, the slapstick comedy kind of happened anyway, just from like the training sequences, uh, you know, which were a pretty good little training montage there with the whole keyhole gag and other things. And uh, so, I mean, the slapstick comedy was all a result of his powers mostly. Yep. And that was pretty mm-hmm. neat. And, uh, but yeah, there was a good comedic rhythm between him and him and his uh, fellow thieves. Really yeah, there's some some definitely emotionally heavier moments like uh, the when uh, Hank reveals uh, to Hope kind of Janet's fate, how she died, and everything. Yeah. You know, that was actually a pretty heavy kind of tearjerker moment. And then yeah, Scott man. comes in there with a well-timed joke to lighten it up for the audience as well. So yeah, that was a nice touch. I thought. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Michael yeah, Jackson. Michael, <laughs> God. Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, um, he, yeah, he chewed up the scenery in this. I really enjoyed seeing him in the role. If you had to do Hank Pym like that, he was your guy, definitely. Yeah, it's not a keychain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a nice touch. That was neat. Yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, I didn't expect that one. And, and afterwards, I kind of did the, I had a V8 slap my forehead, like, duh. He's known to do that. To, you know, he used to carry around Quinjex in his pocket and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. totally forgot about that and, and was really happy with it. And that's kind of his role now, uh, I believe, isn't it? In uh, the book he's showing up in at Marvel is he's kind of their tech guy and just falls around by shrinking stuff and putting it in his pocket. Yeah. He's a bag of holding. Oh, he's been that for years now. 
But he um, was the ants. Let's we got to talk about the ants, man. I, I didn't know how they were going to do that, and I, you know, I figured maybe they'd just have a couple scenes of him riding on one, flying, and you know, uh, you know, kind of what we saw in the trailer. I didn't think we'd see much more than that. Um, but they're pretty creative with the ants, and they had all kinds of different types. It wasn't just like generic ant army, which they could have definitely gone for. But you know, they had little exposition scenes about learning your ants and learning to control them and. Yeah. I love the scene where they're like, you know, he asked Scott if he wants, uh, you know, sugar in his tea. And he's like, yeah, you know, a couple lumps and start seeing the ants pushing the uh, sugar towards his tea. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and then him and Hope are just sitting there. Hank and Hope are just sitting there. It's like, what? You know, these are our friends <laughs> and our maids, apparently. I don't know. Yeah, it's I was kind of surprised that they did such a good job of kind of building up the ants and how important it was to use the ants that we didn't see them more in kind of the final fight scene there that I thought when Scott was shrunk down, that would have been a, a, a good time to kind of show him use an ant army against this yeah. one man army of the yellow jacket that we didn't really see that as much. They were more backup support as instead of helping him during the fight yeah. scenes, which would have been a nice touch, but obviously when they were, shrinking and growing so often during that fight that would have been a little bit more difficult well, then, I thought they did try to come in and Yellow Jack was just shooting on the snot and then yeah. uh, he just sent him away yeah. you know because it's, it's, he started to feel bad about you know his his army his buddies there dying I yeah mean, actually it was pretty sad when Anthony died there and yeah. Yeah. trying to get back to the helicopter <laughs> Even feel my girls were like, oh. Feel bad about the ant. <laughs> Gotta have a little tragedy in each one of them, you know, and only the animals stay dead. And uh, it's like it, when I, I got my girlfriend to watch Winter Soldier the other day, and she's like, I didn't know, you know I really thought Fury was dead. And I'm like, that's because you don't read comic books. <laughs> Anybody who's read comic books knew Nick Fury was coming back into that movie. But I digress. Uh, yeah, the ants, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of ants, man, uh, I got a, you know, I don't know how old you guys are. I think you're a little younger than me, Christopher. But uh, yeah, nice little uh, appearance by Garrett Morris in the taxi cab there, whatever he was driving. Um, old Saturday Night Live actor who once played Ant Man on Saturday Night Live in a like birthday party for Superman. Oh, yep. yeah. So that was a nice little nod to us over 40 folks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, I think the only problems I have with it is, again, we have kind of another disposable villain. You know, Loki's the only villain with staying power in the Marvel Universe. Thanos, you know, you've seen a bunch of inept minions that he sends forth and get themselves killed. And, uh, yeah, we just don't have kind of the epic, long-running villains that the Marvel comics do. You know, where's Doctor Doom, man? Well, I know where Doctor Doom is, but uh, hopefully he'll fail badly yeah, enough in the box there. office that he'll be back with Marvel someday. Don't go see the Fantastic Four. Vote with your dollars. Do they have a Fantastic Four trailer before the movie for you guys? Oh my God! It, you know we didn't even talk about that. That's one of the things we use. You usually say in the roundtable is what what were the previews that you got for with your movie. Um, we did. I we did have the Fantastic Four. So, what trailers did you get, Kyle? I, we got. I got the Fantastic Four too. No, we we didn't have the Fantastic Four, and you didn't. Nope. So 
I went and saw the movie in my hometown, which is about 10,000 people. So it's got three theaters, and typically there's only two or three previews uh, before. And honestly, besides the Star Wars one, I can't remember what the what the other one or two were. Um, I'm trying to think here. We. Uh, yeah, um, well, uh, that's that's the only one I really remember seeing. There was one before it, and I don't recall what it was. And then uh, we didn't get the Marvel flip before the movie. It just says 1989 and kind of going, what's going on? Is this another trailer or is this the movie? And then young 80s Michael oh. Douglas walks in and bounces that dude's head off the table. And you're like, oh, yep, this is it. Wow, <laughs> and then really? we get the Marvel flip after that, yeah. Oh, okay, yep. That's um, been their thing lately, though. Uh Right into it. Guardians did that too, and you didn't get the uh, Marvel. Yeah, you, you don't get like a, a Marvel Studios or you know, typically if it was a Universal film, you get the globe spending or whatever. It was just the Star Wars trailer wrapped up, and all of a sudden we were in that. And the cat, I don't I remember what what like, one or two like, trailers came before the Star Wars one, but obviously nothing really, <laughs> really exciting. Really, but you guys, it wasn't you Fantastic guys, Four. <laughs> We got Fantastic Four. We also got the newest version of the Batman versus Superman trailer. Really? Oh, really? Is that yeah. From? Was it the two and a half or the three and a half? Did you have your stopwatch handy? No, I didn't. I was just in there. <laughs> if if um if they would have stopped right there, I probably could have had an hour long rant after it. <laughs> just watching it is is it's a thing when you can just watch a few minutes of a movie and just get you angry it's i'm that's the feeling they were they're trying to endure into the audience when we saw superman man of steel excuse me when we saw man of steel in the theater in the same theater that we saw this movie at packed theater stone cold solid silence when everybody walked out um totally 180 from the marvel movie so it's it's yeah. lack joy it it, it just it's, it's everything you can possibly think going wrong with Superman that they're doing. Um, oh, we're not going to kill that dead horse again, are we? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it's, well, I'll just talk about the... the How is it different? Was the trailer different than what's been online? How is it? What was different about it? Well, they're making, you know, Superman's um, totally untrustworthy. Uh, everybody fears them. Um, now you got uh, Ben Affleck playing Lego Batman because um, <laughs> he is Lego Batman. I played Lego he Batman. He's like playing Lego Batman. Batman. He looks like Lego Batman. He is Lego he Batman. He's not the Dark Knight. He is Lego Batman. I have watched. I've played Lego Batman. I have seen <laughs> Lego the movie. Everything is awesome because he is playing Lego Batman. Um, we are off the Thomas the Crane track. Chris today. might have just said Lego Batman more times than Ant Man has been said in this. Oh episode. my gosh! <laughs> oh, I just just ah just pisses me off. All right, anyways, back to Ant Man. Yellow Jacket. I really like. I, I really like the Yellow Jacket suit. I like how they did it. I really blew my daughter's minds when I told them that Hank Prim was Yellow Jacket, and they're like, "What?" I said, "Look yeah. at the T-shirt I got on." It had Hank Prim's yellow jacket on there, the old suit, you know, the original yeah, one well. back in the day. So I had to give him a little bit of, uh, yeah, yellow jacket was a bad guy, but it was also Hank Prim at one point and was also a girl at some point. So could that be in the next <laughs> movie? Who knows? So, but I really enjoyed how they did the suit. It kind of reminded me of the Iron Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, yeah. That they, 
I was totally looking at like his Iron Spider-Man with the arms and stuff with the zapper. Um, awesome moment. They, they can't do that very close for Civil War if he shows up. Well, he's gonna show up, but thought it might be. I thought they might break out like the Iron Spider suit for uh, Civil War. Which they also had a, a Spider-Man reference in there. Did you catch that? Yeah, yeah. One of them okay. swings. One of them crawls up walls. Yep. Yep. The the mad hot writer chick. I liked it when they put um, when you whacked a yellow jacket into the bug zapper. It was yeah. awesome. You knew the bug zapper joke was going to come in there at some point. I thought it was really used well. Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the comedy was all. I mean, it wasn't. You know. It took itself seriously, like the thing with the ants and the exposition on that, and it had to. Otherwise, you have like the silliest superhero that comes down the pipe. But uh, well, they was, put the they put the camp in other places, so that wasn't campy. The, the his posse, they were campy. They were all the stereotype, you know, um, uh, Hispanic guy. I really laughed at the scenes when you're hearing his voice come out of Falcon. Um, yeah. About all that. You know, yeah. Yeah. Other. The two the two times that happened, like like at the end there, that's where we got the Spider Man reference when yeah. said whatever the his cousin Ignacio or whatever's mad right. hot writer chick girlfriend, and that well, was just great. Yeah, well, we all got friends like that too, and that's what's so cool about yeah. it. That's why Marvel's writing is so freaking good, is because even the peripheral characters are written as. You know, a lot of them are stereotypes. Yeah, and they might piss some people off, but it's because you know people like that, man. If it works, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Hispanic or anything. You know, I have a friend, um, I think his name might be Bill, that can go off on an eight-page tangent to tell a one-paragraph story. And, you know, and I've been known to do it myself on a good day. Uh, but, yeah, I love that where he's like, you know, these details, not even important to the, the thing we're doing. <laughs> he's just trying to stop his friend from, from rambling on and to no avail. It was hilarious. Right. Uh, they just did a really good job of setting up that character, which, unfortunately, I don't even remember his name. But uh, he was way more interesting. And I would guess if people have sticking points with the movie, it's probably going to be that uh, crew of friends that are the criminals. But uh I thought he was uh, kind of the head guy there, uh, his former cellmate or whatever. Uh, yeah. Was uh, uh, way more interesting than uh, Jane Foster's assistant has been in uh, two movies. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. But uh, definitely they, they did a nice job there. of setting up with him. And Scott gets out of prison, you know, after that prison fight ritual uh, to send him off. And he says, you know, I was I'm still the only guy that's knocked him out. And then we see him knock out multiple, you know, highly trained guards. Uh inside uh pym headquarters there pym industries there when the heist is going down so he's one punch knocking out quite a few guys so yeah they set that up really that he can pack a punch yeah touch yeah and i i'm glad you brought that up Kyle, because i didn't really think of it in that context but and we'll call it the darcy factor now um there you go and then it didn't she was funny as hell and and thor too in places but she was didn't feel it felt very shoehorned. It felt just like, okay, we need a comedy bit here. So we'll let Kat Dennings, you know, and her boobs go at it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it didn't feel because you never bought any kind of relationship between her and Jane or her and Thor or her and fucking, you know. All she ever did was drool over Dr- Thor or, you know, call Jane out on drooling over Thor. It was just very shallow. But, I mean, you definitely 
immediately bought that these guys were old friends in this one. I don't know if it comes down to the writing or the acting combination, but it, I bought it, you know, and it felt like it was just part of the story as opposed to we need some jokes here. You know, yeah, it's more like more like people that know each other talking shit and busting each other's balls and there being funny moments out of it. So that's what I like in any movie. The writing is what I look for. Anywho, um, yeah, so I, I'm a solid, solid episode well, of Marvel Universe, I think, and I hope it does well enough. I don't know if we're going to get an Ant-Man 2. I don't know if it's going to pull on that kind of money, um, but I think we'll hopefully see him as a peripheral character in upcoming stuff, and, and it'll probably be one of the ones that they let Thanos kill because he's the minor guy. Um, yeah. You know, I think we can bet on probably Hawkeye, Ant-Man, you know, they're, they're, they'll have to knock off a black guy and, and a female, too, just to keep balancing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, with all the debate of how long they want to keep Robert Downey Jr. on, I could see him being a casualty. Yeah. I think with, if they would have gone a different route with War Machine, I really like Don Cheeto in the role, but if they would have gone with someone younger, they could have played Iron Man off as kind of a legacy character and had War Machine take his place. God, Don Cheeto's got to be about the same age as Robert Downey Jr., doesn't he? So, he is. That's um, what I worry about with them trying out these minor characters. And Doctor Strange might be a test, too, because I don't know if people are going to... I don't know. Uh, the person that goes and sees the Avengers save the city from aliens, are they going to go see Doctor Strange battle Baron Mordu and his fucking mind? Um, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, I'm up for it. I'm, I'm really hoping they go I'm big there. And for that we shit. Get, I'm really hoping they go big there and we get the Dread Dormammu right off the bat. Uh, it'd be nice. I mean, the guy they got for, I'm not even going to pronounce his name, but the, uh, the operative in Serenity. The operative in Serenity. Um, is going to be playing Mordo probably. We've got Tilda freaking Swinton as the Ancient One. Benedict Cumberbatch uh, is Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's just Benedict fake Cumberbatch. He's going to be off the rails, whatever they do. I, I, I'm not actually happy about... If you had to cast the Ancient One against type and not go with an older Asian guy, which is was a pretty bad stereotype back in the day, actually, um, go with Tilda Swinton, man. Fucking A. Hats off to him for that one. <laughs> uh, I watched Tilda Swinton read a freaking phone book. I don't care. She's an amazing alien elf woman. An awesome actor. So what do you guys think of the second um, end credit with the Cap Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, crazy. I mean, and hope enough people see this that that makes sense in Cap 3 or they do it again. I'm betting they probably... Do a little recap of that in Cap Three because that's pretty fucking important, and I don't yeah. think they want to rely on how many you know people seeing Ant Man to, to to know that little tidbit because if the Winter Soldier just all of a sudden, I guess they could because he was free at the end of Cap Two, so he could just be like, "Hey, I'm here again," and me and Falcon and Cap are all buddies now, and not even talk about the uh, the rescue. But I don't know. It's a nice setup though. Good to see that they're because I'll be honest, I'm. I'm not sure I'm a fan of how Phase Three's going down so far. I know we got to get to Infinity War, um, but I was kind of hoping for a couple smaller stories before we had to get there, <laughs> you know. But Cap Three's gonna be bigger than fucking Avengers Two, and it, it actually worries me. When they first teased at Comic Con a couple of years ago, maybe you know they did the whole upcoming slate of Marvel shit, and, right. and they 
they originally had teased uh, Captain America 2, The Serpent Society. I was like, fuck and yes. I want to see The Serpent Society in a Captain America movie. And then they're like, no, sorry, it's Civil War. And I'm like, you assholes. Because I wanted to see kind of just another Captain America movie. Like the first one. <laughs> yeah. And I loved Winter Soldier, but it was it was Avengers 1.5, so... Because we, we're wrapped up. This is phase two yeah. of the universe. I'm looking forward to it. it it's, I'm looking for Thanos um, showing up and uh, finally being a major part of the movie. Um, I'm an easy... I'm an easy guy. I, my my expectation, I'm, I'm kind of easy to please. So it takes a pretty good. Oh, I they have got to be, my money. Oh yeah, yeah, they got my money. It's, it's, Superman, it's coming. as much of a clusterfuck as I'm sure that's going to be, has got my money. I gotta see it. You know, it's like moral nerd imperative. Oh yeah, yeah I'm going. I'm going to see that too. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's it's probably going to be media masochist for me, but yeah, I'm going to be seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to the movies coming up. I'm this is I'm in geeked out heaven. So it's anything and yeah. everything they want to keep throwing at us. Um, I'm up for it. They haven't really, you know, Marvel Studios has not given me any reason to be overly concerned. It's everything yeah. on the outside. It's uh, 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 Sony and Fox and the stuff that they're doing. Um, uh, I'm kind of glad that they're going to be able to bring Spider-Man in now. That kind of works for me on a level. I could have done without it. I wasn't a fan of it. Um, I don't know. It's Yeah, for me, I guess personally, I'm a fan of Spider-Man being off in his own little corner. If he interacts with anybody, it should be the Fantastic Four. Yeah. I, I don't really need him pulled into being an Avenger. I realize now that Avengers have been around 50 years and Spider-Man's been... Avenger 20% of that time, but he's still well, I was not with, someone I see as needing to be hanging around with the Avengers or being a part of that crew. I like him as is off in his own little corner, being the friendly well, neighborhood Spider-Man. Like more adult Spider-Man being an Avenger, I guess, but I mean I, they're rebooting him to be like 15 again, and right. you know, is that something that you know these grown superheroes should really be recruiting? teenagers into the adventures but no, but what they're but they're they're trying to show that it's so connected that everybody should be connected and that's how the marvel books have always been you know it's been a tight shared universe if they're all operating in new york city how can they not cross over and see each yeah. other yeah yeah uh i don't know i mean i'm still gonna love seeing spidey on the screen with captain american shit don't get me wrong right uh, but I don't know. I just I felt like it was a move they didn't need to do other than to getting him back completely. So that'd be a good thing. They just have to figure out how to get my X Men and Fantastic Four back. Because I just have never really been hundred percent happy with the. Uh, you know, I can't leave a Fox movie, superhero movie, without just being like seventy five percent. Man, it's like, and it's actually I, I have this baggage for every movie, and we all do. I think that's why I'm so jealous of my girlfriend who's just starting to watch all this shit because. She, had, she doesn't watch it with the thought of like, well, I would have done this differently. I would have done this differently. I would have gone to that storyline, which all of us do, and it's inevitable. But still, Marvel comes closer to the mark for me just about every time. And, uh, I'm just not like trying to feed the Marvel versus DC fire or anything like that, but it's just the way it's been. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, want to do a little wrap up and 
get out the back with our busy lives or right sounds good to me I think I just did mine uh, love the movie and we'll probably see it again several times if possible and uh, yeah just a real fun one man funny and pretty family friendly compared to some of the other ones there's a lot darker stuff in <clears throat> in a lot of the other Marvel movies um, you know you don't have the citywide destruction in this one at least although the threat is like there and, and they don't make any bones about how deadly you know Yellow Jacket suit is that this guy in his powerpoint presentation is basically like we're gonna use this for assassination <laughs> we're gonna use this to right. fuck countries up yeah uh, so I mean there's definitely some heavy themes there but uh, just a neat little like yeah Ocean's Eleven is a great analogy because it's a cool little heist movie mixed in with a good helping of Marvel Easter eggs that don't feel forced and uh, and some really good performances all the way around so definitely uh, another Marvel hit and if it makes a dime they could still have a movie crash and burn and still not even sweat it at the fucking bank so, so we're all good Marvel Universe will continue Kyle? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I look forward to uh, seeing it again, whether it'll be in the theater or waiting for it to come out with a DVD, Blu-ray release. But uh, to me, I think it was probably one of the uh, one one of my favorites. Actually, Um, I'm still on the fence of which movie I liked more between uh, Avengers 2 and Captain America 2. But uh, I think this one's actually right up there with Guardians for me, kind of in that three or four spot it was a great balance of action humor and kind of introduced uh a new genre to the marvel superhero type movies that heist movie and so uh, it seemed to you know have a few more uh curse words or swearing i actually think that was kind of an organic nice touch i mean this dude's been in prison all of his friends are cons why wouldn't they swear so uh yeah. it was just a you know, a pretty far out there concept that was grounded uh, pretty well in reality, and I hate using that term, but um, yeah, but it, a Marvel it reality, really, it's consistent it, with the universe that they yeah. set up. So and, I mean, right. uh, it really, really handled uh, just the entire thing really well, and bring on, uh, bring on the next chapter. I'm, I'm curious to see where uh, the end credit teaser goes. I'm kind of curious to see what the timeline is on that. Uh, I think it's cap makes a statement in there uh you know that would have been a lot simpler a week ago so looking forward to seeing that uh, elaborated on and it, it yeah. seems like ant-man falcon uh winter soldier and cap are all going to be pals in cap three so that looking forward to that, one. For that definitely all right mr warden i just like it is is just great movie all the way around be buying it when it comes out like with everything else to see whatever extra is I always, always like to see what extras they tag in there, um, deleted scenes, whatnot, commentaries. So we'll be looking forward to that. Um, really glad that, you know, we saw it in the theater. But all the Marvel movies are pretty much a Marvel Studio movies are almost guaranteed movie-going experience for us. Um, uh, the special effects were tops. Um, I can't really have many qualms with anything at all through it i want to see um her in the costume as a wasp I'm oh yeah forward to that i i want i want the room full of avengers so it's too many is not 
too much for me, I guess. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a big I'm a big team guy, so I I like a lot of characters in one place. So. Yeah. Looking forward to the next. Yeah, I think probably the biggest endorsement I can give it is I am not. I have no experience whatsoever with the Scott Land character. You know, I'm all Hank Pym. And I always enjoyed Hank Pym stories and the Avengers. And, you know, even I, I read through the first wife beating and all that, which we didn't really get into, but fucking, you know, we'll drop it. And, uh, but for them to, to sell me an Ant-Man movie that's not Han, Hank Pym at the at the helm is, is definitely praise indeed, I think, because, uh, yeah. I bought it, and I want to see more Scott Lang Ant-Man. Excellent. I guess that's it for our five-hour, five-minute freak folks on Ant-Man, the movie, Make My Marvel, and whatever else you want to throw at me that has superhumans and explosions and boobs in it. So, Kyle <laughs> Benning, Christopher Warden, thank you kindly, gents. Talk oh, to you all. Thanks for having me. Yep. Later, guys. Later. Have a good one. I'm Scott McGregor. And I'm Serotonin. Welcome to Mindless Drivel. Make sure we're supposed to do that part together. Okay, we'll do it again. Welcome, Welcome to, to Mindless, Mindless Drivel. Come join us as we discuss everything and nothing all at once. Listen to us ramble on aimlessly in the best two true freaks tradition. Listen as a real couple discuss the great philosophical nerd questions of our time and not kill each other. So grab a cup of coffee and find a spot on the couch. Or use our smartphones, you dumbass, which is probably how our tens of fans will listen to us. Join us here each month for the very finest mindless drivel you'll find. And one of the two few with any estrogen-related content. Also known as boobs. So join us for Mindless Drivel with Scott and Sarah, exclusively on the Two True Freaks podcasting network, as we discuss our various fandoms, celebrity crushes, and get to know each other as Scott tries to convince me that I'm actually a nerd. You are so a nerd. I'm a geek. You're a freak. Sold to the man in the office chair. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at twotruefreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.